ஆதிஷ்டிவாரி Welcome Avish Tiwari. Hi, thank you Ravi. Hi everyone. Thank you for having me over the show. Great. Uh, it's great having you on our show. Yeah. So, let's start with a few questions. So, sure. how did your journey started after completing your undergrad? Well, uh, I think I always had interest in HR because um, while completing my uh, 12th as well as graduation i used to work part time for uh, an organization which was mm-hmm. likely into hiring most likely into um, campus recruitment so that sort of generated interest in uh, talent acquisition and when i started my job search after graduation um, i initially obviously applied to hr but then uh, having no background in it it wasn't directly into hr so i got into customer support and after a couple of years through an internal job posting i was selected for an hr role which started with operations and eventually ended in talent acquisition so that was my only experience in india which was for about almost 9 years before mm-hmm. moving here to canada oh that's that's good experience alish you are like you have really 9 years of experience yeah so like how would your day usually be so what are some key responsibilities that you work on like what are the in your hr department well one thing that i've learned over the years is um, any hr role as a matter of fact doesn't have a typical day as such mm-hmm. there's no 9 to 5 i wouldn't say like you work throughout the day but then okay. every day is different because it brings in a lot of different challenges situations and you have to sail through with your experience so uh with my experience like i said i started off with um, hr operations more into onboarding um uh, creating employee numbers and then maintaining files and things like that and then um, i moved into talent acquisition where i did end to end hiring for uh, corporate roles into mm-hmm. customer support technical support payroll back end etc Yeah. so yeah those were uh, some of the things that i did back in india mm-hmm. and here in canada i've got more variety of experience into manufacturing pharmaceutical and industrial mhm right yeah. so did you find any difference working in india and canada so is any difference that you found and uh, why i would say uh, the core job duties or uh, the model remains the same mm-hmm. but then it comes to uh, certain employment laws that differ from a country to another country mm-hmm. and um, wherever you go you obviously learn something new about it the way you do things back in india could be different here in the way what you do mm-hmm. so yeah i've learned definitely a lot as to how would you conduct yourself day to day based on uh, my one year of 
postgraduate diploma that I did here in Canada before entering into the uh, employment market. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, good to know that, uh, Atish. And uh, coming to the few questions that has been asked in my Instagram channel, mm-hmm. so I'll be asking them. So how do you review like when you get a large amount of resumes? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, there are some high demand roles which obviously generate a lot of interest. And like you rightly said, there are probably sometimes hundreds, even thousands of mm-hmm. resumes and getting to all of those is definitely a big challenge. So um, the way I followed is um, we had an applicant tracking system, but not an artificial intelligence until mm-hmm. last year or so. Mm-hmm. So it would start with first come first serve basis and okay. based on whatever I like, obviously then I'll go ahead phone screen them and present them to the hiring managers mm-hmm. and go from there. So it also depends on how early you apply, right? Mm-hmm. Because if a job posting has been posted, say today, and you apply 15 days later, mm-hmm. then obviously your resume is not going to get considered. So mm-hmm. as per like um, what I have learned here in Canada is every job posting has to be advertised for five business days. Mm-hmm. So when a job posting has been put there, if I start reviewing resumes for the first five days, my aim is to find somebody who's applied in those five days. Mm-hmm. So that's my way of doing things. And then, like I said, if somebody has applied way too far from when the job posting was posted, mm-hmm. then obviously they don't stand the chance. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's that's good to know. So there's okay. something new that I've got to know right now. Mm-hmm. So like how much time or do you take to review one resume so and what are the things that you look into in the resume yeah um this i think it's out there and uh, on google as well like okay. normally uh, any recruiter or any hr professional would say that seven seconds is an ideal time to review okay. your resume it might sound absurd to someone mm-hmm. who is hearing probably this for the first time but yes this is something that i've learned mm-hmm. like seven seconds is what usually takes it could take longer it depends mm-hmm. on what sort of resume i'm looking at okay if i'm looking at a resume that's focused approached people are not looking for fancy resumes mm-hmm. pictures and all of that Mm-hmm. If you have your skills outlined, your resume is formatted properly, your experience it has everything important and not like basic job duties there, then all that, then that's what you're looking at. So that's what I would say. Looking first impression is having a great resume there. Mm-hmm. And if I like the resume, obviously, then I'll move ahead and review certain other things and then eventually contact the person and go from there. Right. Uh, so like, according to you, like, what is the ideal resume? So how many pages a resume should be? So is that one page, two page? Like, um, if you have like, just a couple of years of experience, mm-hmm. then definitely not more than one page. Okay. And obviously, say, my case, if I have like about 10 plus years of experience, then fitting everything on that would be a challenge. If I have okay. like four different companies, mm-hmm. then it becomes difficult to just put everything there. Mm-hmm. You don't want it too short. You don't want it too long. So mm-hmm. I would say one and a half page okay. to maximum two page is an ideal resume. Okay. So like yeah. what about cover letter? So usually people yeah. write, you know, 
like two to three pages and they usually write a cover letter just to give a glance about their resume so what do you think about it yeah cover letter definitely is important because uh, a lot of companies do ask for cover letter for a reason mm -hmm. that they want to see if they have everything that they're looking for because mm -hmm. when you introduce yourself that's a good way of presenting yourself mm -hmm. highlighting certain um, skills and then your achievements in that and that's a good way to start off with and um, um, like i said it's it's a need for a lot of companies so having a cover letter is important and then um, having i would say a tailor-made resume for each of the job postings mm -hmm. that you apply for is mm -hmm. also important and not just okay. one standard resume mm -hmm. that you follow across okay. because every job posting is different every company is different and i'm not saying you should add things that you have not done or you don't have experience in mm -hmm. but then tweaking the resume a little bit according to the job description usually gets it through the applicant tracking system easily okay so that's why it's usually said that you need to tweak your resume based on the job description okay good to know that uh, mm -hmm. Rish. and uh, you know there is like ai system as well as uh, human right so yeah. which one is better like uh, to overcome ai like what do we need to do and like how should that uh, process go I think it all boils down to um, the cost of hiring and okay. where the companies are trying to be more efficient, fast, those sort of things. And obviously, like like you said, artificial intelligence is not only in hiring, but mm -hmm. a lot of um, aspects yeah. of uh, our day-to-day -day jobs mm -hmm. as well as personal life as well. Yeah. So I think overcoming that at this point in time Okay. I don't see a way because that's where everybody is moving into. Mm -hmm. So yes, traditional method, I still have, I would say, my inclination towards that because mm -hmm. um, uh, certain things that a human can decide, obviously a machine cannot or a tool cannot because it runs on an algorithm. Yeah. And human intelligence comes into place where certain times um, it's about your gut, mm -hmm. right? It, something that you feel about that particular individual that mm -hmm. you would want to give them a chance obviously mm -hmm. a tool doesn't have all those emotions so obviously that's i think the biggest difference there yeah. know that. Uh, coming to the next one uh, mm -hmm. so like i have few friends in undergrad so they have got rejected uh, in the hr round so mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions for them um i think um uh, First, obviously, I would want to know okay. who they are and what their resumes are. But in general, if you ask me, then uh, um, you got to have certain things right to get to a particular stage. If mm -hmm. someone has rejected you in an HR round, which is definitely a basic uh, round, then uh, your basics are wrong somewhere or the other. Okay, It could be your resume has not been properly formatted mm -hmm. or you have certain skills there but you're not able to speak about it oh. so confidence is really really important when you give an interview or mm -hmm. even when you have like a conversation with anybody because okay. um, certain times you forget something but mm -hmm. when you're confident about it you don't lose your thoughts and then you okay. can obviously come back to it and mm -hmm. gather your thoughts and then 
answer that if not immediately okay probably sometime later okay. so it is again goes back to how your resume is mm -hmm. and then how you've been approaching about the whole situation mm -hmm. how good is your linkedin profile because these days i'm sure you might have experienced yeah. like when you apply for a job you see somebody from that company yeah, views your profile, profile. most of the times it is anonymous but sometimes you get to see somebody has viewed your profile that means they are checking your profile mm -hmm. so having a solid linkedin profile is really important updating it on a regular basis mm -hmm. how active are you okay. and uh, what sort of networking you do on linkedin is okay. important so all those things again uh, contribute and then when you go for an interview during hr rounds i'm sure you must have um, uh, experienced this mm -hmm. again like they ask you about the company that you have applied for not that they don't know about their own company but then they want to know how good or well prepared you are okay so it is important to know about what sort of a company you have applied for okay. what are they into some basic numbers some okay. basic data okay and then being thorough with the job description is again important because i've experienced personally like when i call somebody mm -hmm. and when i ask them to like explain me about their understanding of the job okay i would say 5 out of 10 people fail okay. right and this is at the entry level mm -hmm. experienced folks they know how to tackle an interview but yeah. when it comes to freshers i think this is one thing that i've noticed like they say oh i don't know so i forgot okay. i've been applying to a lot of jobs <laughs> you can't do that because when a recruiter calls you the first thing they ask you is are you available to talk okay and if you feel that you are prepared then say yes i can talk mm -hmm. if you need time you give them a time on a different date or a different thing okay and they call you take that time to prepare yourself and give your interview so those are certain okay. things which are again important okay right nobody puts a gun on your yeah, head yeah. and say that no we have to do this yeah, interview agree, now so if they if they are not able to say that i think that's yeah. the point of rejection i guess yeah okay so one of the thing that they need to understand is they have to know the job roles that they are applying for yeah and i think the second one is confidence yeah. so these two are the main parameters i believe correct right so come to the like since you talked about linkedin mm -hmm. let's say i want to uh, get a reference from one of the professional so how should i approach it and how should like uh, i make a positive impression on that person so that i can get a reference from him um i need to understand if it is reference or a referral for a job if it is yeah. reference then uh, if i don't know somebody mm -hmm. then providing my reference to them in terms of getting a job like i mean uh, references usually happen when you get selected for a yeah. job so those references are somebody whom you have reported to or whom you have worked with usually in a higher position than mm -hmm. you are so those references are completely different and obviously those have to be of people whom you have worked with who mm -hmm. know your work ethics who know what you have done there mm -hmm. because if i say have to refer an xyz and i don't know what they have been doing in terms of their job duties and all and i guess like questioned on those things i obviously won't be able to answer so that reference part is different but if it is a referral then yes it's obviously a great idea to reach out to those individuals working from that company express your interest when 
lot of people like um, they reach out to me on linkedin uh-huh. they don't address me by my name so okay. that is again very important i'm not saying it's an offensive thing but then when you are reaching out to somebody say hey atesh i'm so and so mm-hmm. and i'm interested in the job posting so make an effort to present yourself professionally okay and not just saying i'm interested in this job can you okay. refer me it's like you're sending not a mass email or a mass attempt to hundreds Anyone, of yeah. people so there comes again your intent and the interest in that job so take some time put some effort there and present yourself in a way because you're marketing yourself you're selling yourself there mm-hmm. so you have to be a great salesman okay right when equally when i'm talking to a candidate and if i have to talk about the company that i'm hiring for i become that salesman there mm-hmm. obviously i have to talk about the company how mm-hmm. good we are how well their um, career would be with us where can they see themselves so those are the things i talk about them so it okay. is an equal responsibility mm-hmm. right so yeah okay so let's say like if i want to uh, get a referral from you so what mm-hmm. are the things that you look into so like should i mail or uh, you know give a big message or like a, a small uh, glance about it so like what do you look at it i would say keep it brief okay and um, like most of the recruiters like me we have our email addresses right there okay. so you can email email me uh, directly through linkedin or you can send me a message i know linkedin again has a premium feature so it limits you after number of mm-hmm. attempts to like not able to send that across so always email or reach out to uh, the respective individual like i said be professional keep it short okay they don't need to know yeah. everything in that message because obviously you're going to send your resume the main points like right so your resume is again important there mm-hmm. have that attachment and then you got to follow up with that right because yeah. if there are 100 people reaching out to me then i will obviously make an attempt to get back to them but then if something happens and i'm not able to reach out don't be shy mm-hmm. just follow up with them probably after a couple of days send them a reminder then give them another two days send them a reminder and oh. keep doing because if i need a job then obviously i need to make an attempt exactly. same goes with everybody else mm-hmm. but uh, good to know that and come to the next one let's say uh, there is a scenario where a developer wants to shift into a cyber security field mm-hmm. so will that person consider as a fresher again so how does how does the process go well uh, if there are like two opposite okay. industries or fields that you're looking about then obviously the second uh, industry that you want to get into mm-hmm. your first experience i wouldn't say you would be a fresher completely because mm-hmm. most of the times we talk about transferable skills okay those could be like not everything but there could be a handful of skills that you can still transfer from that job to this job mm-hmm. so we look at those as well that's okay. where we assess the potential of a candidate so okay. it is important certain times it all boils down to their education because certain roles require solid education certain roles require some sort of a certification or experience so if that is a requirement then obviously um like you cannot apply to that and expect that you get hired mm-hmm. just to give you an example for example say somebody um wants to become a 
nurse. Okay. So there is a license that they need to get into. Just having that ambition or interest in that won't make you a nurse. Yeah. So you need to get licensed. You need to go through a certain series of things, become uh, what you want to get into and mm -hmm. then get there. Right. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, good to know that. And let's say uh, if a person wants to shift in the same company, let's say a person is working in Amazon. Yeah. And initially he has worked in a call center, but he wants to go into a you know, like let's say developing field. So, will there be any, uh, you know, advantage when he uh, moves into the same company? Yes, because I'll I'll take my own example. Like I told you uh, early in the conversation that I wanted to get into HR. Mm -hmm. So when I worked with ADP, I initially applied or rather expressed my interest in HR, but then I didn't have experience as mm -hmm. such because what I did before that was more on a part-time basis. So mm -hmm. more or less sort of fresher there. Oh, okay. So uh, I still remember my recruiter at that time who eventually was my boss when I left mm -hmm. the company. He told me like, you could probably get into customer support where we are hiring right now mm -hmm. and through an internal job posting, Obviously, okay. by then you'll gain experience yeah. about the company and all that. And if something comes up, then you can get into HR. And that's how basically I got into HR. I worked in customer support for about two and a half years. And through an internal job posting, I got into HR. And since mm -hmm. then, it has always been HR. So, yes, uh, it is good to be in the company where you firstly want to be there. Okay. Right. There are things you want to be in a particular job. You want to be in a particular company. So together it could be possible when you grow internally. So, and when you apply internally, obviously, um, uh, the first preference is to develop the internal talent. All mm -hmm. the companies talk about this. Okay. There will be rejections, but it's not that the company doesn't want you to grow. It's just that you might have certain shortcomings that mm -hmm. you can look at and be positive for the next time. So yeah, the oh. growing in the same company is, is definitely possible. Okay. It's always advantage that yeah. you're uh, moving in the same company instead of like different uh, industries. Yeah. Good to know that. And uh, coming to the next one, let's consider a scenario where a fresher, a mid-range professional and mm -hmm. an experienced professional. So they're applying for the jobs. Okay. So how do you process them? Like, what are things that you look into these uh, three uh, different scenarios? I think first thing is uh, the sort of roles they are applying for, okay. the amount of experience they get in. For freshers, obviously, um, I'm assuming they're applying for entry-level positions. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly to do with basic criteria of if they have certain sort of education, if that's the requirement, and if they have any... Uh, potential skills that I can identify on the resume based on their, uh, say, volunteer experience, certain people have internship experience, anything that I can pick up. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I look for those things. Okay. And someone who's like slightly experienced up to the mid level, then obviously they are applying for those sort of positions. So looking for the immediate relevant experience mm -hmm. uh, is what most of the people do because that's where. Uh, uh, experience counts in yeah right so um, i would look for that first if not then again transferable skills is important in this case as well if i see that's that and say 
if I want to just talk to them and understand more, then I might just do a phone interview to gather more information, mm-hmm. right? And coming to a most like senior or an experienced person, usually at that stage of your career, you're pretty focused and you know where do you want to get into. It is very rare, like somebody with ten years of experience in say cybersecurity would want to switch into payroll. Oh, it yeah. doesn't happen. Once you have built your profile mm-hmm. and you've got to a stage, you always stick to that. So those resumes are usually very focused. Again, I'm not saying hundred out of hundred. Mm-hmm. Probably most of them, ninety out of hundred, mm-hmm. and they are very focused. They know where they want to get into. And when we talk to them, it's usually a very straightforward process, and things happen very smoothly at that level. So. that's again coming with the experience mm-hmm. of interviews rejections and everything that they've come up to that level mm-hmm. so that's how i would probably categorize okay. them so like i've seen few uh, job roles in which like it's entry level job role but uh, they are asking like maybe one or two years of experience so do you have any comments on this one um like how to you know break into that uh, job role or something like that yeah it depends on how they have worded the experience mm-hmm. certain times you would see must have one okay. to two years of experience mm-hmm. and there is another way of looking at it is good to have one to two years of experience okay if it says must have that means they are definitely looking at someone with that amount of experience mm-hmm. if it says good to have then that means they are open to looking at someone with no experience but if they have it it's like a bonus all okay. right so that's again important to see in the job description mm-hmm. again like i said most of the people don't read the job description yeah and applying to all the jobs possible won't get you a job mm-hmm. you need to know where you want to get into mm-hmm. right filter out jobs that you feel are good for you because it's not about just getting a job it's about mm-hmm. how you will progress in that job how you will grow in that job and you need to have that vision that after a couple of years where would you see in yourself in that job mm-hmm. is that company right is that job right how has the company been doing it's not always about interviewing a candidate you also need to on your personal level i wouldn't say interview but do your research about the company as mm-hmm. to how the company has been doing whether they have been good in the market what are certain reviews go on glassdoor read about mm-hmm. company reviews what the employees ex employees have been talking about it mm-hmm. so certain things obviously matter because you yourself want to associate with a company that's good for you and not just any other company mm-hmm. right so that's why it is important to have that approach right mm-hmm. okay so i'm like uh, obviously in job roles let's say they ask around maybe like 10 technologies and i only know around 5 to 6 technologies yeah. so will i be in like what other qualities that you look into uh, in that applicant so there's never a perfect candidate mm-hmm. that is for sure you will never find a perfect candidate anywhere and that's what i talk about with my hiring managers when i do um the intake sessions intake is nothing but when we get a requisition um, assigned 
we usually have an intake session with the hiring managers to understand their expectations okay. what they are looking for to understand what the salary range is and mm -hmm. xyz mm -hmm. and during those discussions it is very important for a recruiter to have the hiring managers expectations in control mm -hmm. and not expect somebody uh, who's like a perfect you will never find that mm -hmm. right so setting those expectations is on a recruiter's part when talking to the hiring managers and letting them know about how the market is right now mm -hmm. so educating them about the market whether will we find that sort of a candidate or no mm -hmm. and all this comes with an experience and if you know that it is difficult to find somebody with those expectations then you need to let the hiring manager know so mm -hmm. i usually do that obviously there is back and forth in that but then those are healthy discussions and you always need to go with data to present it to the hiring managers mm -hmm. to let them know that these are certain challenges if you're going that route mm -hmm. so if they still want to go ahead you can only try Mm -hmm. right so that's why it is important at that stage to set those expectations but mm -hmm. then uh, when it comes out in the market if the jobs are still post being posted like that then i would say just give it a shot mm -hmm. because they're expecting way too much yeah if you feel because as an individual you know that oh, they are asking a lot of uh, yeah requirements there are like 10 right. technologies is difficult mm -hmm. right and everything changes every day mm true i agree and uh, coming to salary like since you spoke about salary mm -hmm. uh, like let's say i've got have got an opportunity and let's say you have uh, uh, gave me opportunity of 70k mm -hmm. but i want more like let's say i have uh, uh, you know maybe i have uh, gave uh, like around i just i need 80k or something like that mm -hmm. so what are things that you look into uh, you know an applicant and you will be agreeing to that particular amount it all depends on what um, the range is because every role has a range that gets decided within the company mm -hmm. right so uh, there are a lot of things like when the numbers are run on a bell curve it gives you the median high low and then the companies usually go with the median number and okay. they know they want to hire at this stage okay because when you're hiring a set of people it cannot be like you're hiring somebody at 100k and somebody at 50k mm -hmm. it cannot be a huge difference that's okay. where we call it as a pay quality okay so that's why you try and put them in a bucket where they are close to each other it cannot be same for everybody and it cannot be like way too indifferent for everybody so it has to be in and around that particular number that's why we come to that median number okay right so when you have to negotiate there's no harm in asking like my expectation as this so is there a possibility what's the range for the role mm -hmm. and certain times like i said um, there are some roles which come with fixed number okay so it is up to the recruiters to mm -hmm. disclose that this is what the salary is and um, there's unfortunately no room to like go higher okay so if they've told you very clearly that means they're going with that number 
Okay. But if they have said like there's some wiggle room around it, then obviously you're in that zone where you can probably negotiate, and if mm-hmm. not eighty, get to seventy-five. Okay. Right. So it all depends on those discussions. Never shy about like asking. Asking. Mm-hmm. There's no harm in asking. So just talk about it, and if it happens well, if it doesn't happen, then you know what's good for you. Maybe I think like even uh, I know few people who can bluff, right? Like you can say that I have. Uh, Got a job in which I like. I'm paying around. I'm getting yeah. paid around ninety k. Yeah. So will that be any advantage? Like, uh, you know. Well, uh, sometimes probably yes. Okay. If the company knows that the role is a niche role. Okay. And um, the candidate is great, mm-hmm. and they want to hire that individual, then yeah, certain times candidates do. Okay. play out the companies and if that role say is something where you have a lot of talent available mm-hmm. then the recruiter might just move on to someone else saying okay. that okay your expectation is way too high okay and if that happens then obviously the candidate will say okay i'm fine i'll come back to 80 or whatever so oh, okay. there are like a lot of permutations and combinations oh, okay okay good to know that so like There is also one of the scenario where, like, my friend applied to a company, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but till now there is no response. So, will usually companies do respond like, okay, you have rejected, or you are not, uh, you know, maybe you will be having interview soon. Like, some companies they just don't respond. So, is there any uh, comments on this one? Well, these days it's a lot. to do with the applicant tracking systems and uh, most of the responses come generic okay. and that comes through system when okay. the resume gets rejected like i've worked with a certain technologies like workday phenom people mm-hmm. and all and when we change the status of an individual it sends out a message to that individual that okay. uh, your resume has been reviewed or okay. if say it is declined then for some reason the resume has not been selected so we get mm-hmm. to choose that reason but companies who are not like using those tools and it depends on the individual who's looking at the resumes coordinating the interviews and then they have to send the rejection emails and probably it becomes too much for them to deal with so much and that could be the mess that happens but yeah if you notice these days lot of companies are sending out rejection emails no matter it is mm-hmm. generic but you at least get to know okay. and i don't want to like sound contrary but uh, like i said nothing is perfect there is a certain percentage where comes your question as to yeah. why don't we hear that would be like various other reasons it yeah. could be like they have hired somebody mm-hmm. sometimes companies wait until that individual joins because you never know they may we are no show on the day of the joining as well and then in those cases they have to go back to other candidates so they don't want to immediately say no so mm-hmm. it might come in a little late as well so mm-hmm. that could be one of the situations yeah i could like uh, I, i did face the same situation uh, mm-hmm. in starting so i did apply to many companies and stayed till now i didn't got any response yeah <laughs> so yeah so coming to the next question mm-hmm. like what is in like what suggestions do you give to a a student like who want to take career at hr so is there any certifications that they have to do well uh, yes it is important to get some formal education because hr has different components mm-hmm. 
HR again has like different departments as well. So it depends on where they want to get into. HR has operations, HR has talent acquisition, HR has payroll, okay. and then HR has um, a business partner, which is um, journalist role. Mm -hmm. So it depends on where they want to get into. And for all of those sub fields, it definitely requires some knowledge, some education. So if you were not able to complete certain uh, formal education at your graduation or post-graduation level, then there's no harm to do probably do a post-graduate level. Mm -hmm. Like when I moved to Canada, I did have a postgraduate diploma in human resources back home. Mm -hmm. The reason why I did one more here is because I wanted to understand how things happen here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to set myself up to that success by going through a course, understanding things and then getting into employment market. So that's about the education. And when come, it comes to certifications, yes, there are a lot of certifications which are in demand, which is your CHRP, Certified Human Resources Professional, okay. Certified Human Resources Leader, CHRL. So those courses have a lot of weightage in the market. Okay. So those are yeah, yeah certain things people okay. can get into. Good to know that. So if a person uh, who is coming from India, so if he does these certifications, mm -hmm. does that matter here? Yes, it does. So India has EHR, which okay. is uh, professional HR. Mm -hmm. And uh, here it is called as CHRP. Okay. More or less, it has the same weightage okay. because the modules are somewhere or the other closely mm -hmm. tied. So someone who has done that, I, I wouldn't say they'll immediately be able to write CHRP there, but okay. it will be recognized. Mm -hmm. So it is also important to have something back home. And when you're coming here, it will definitely be an advantage. It's just that you might have to refresh yourself on okay. certain things based on the Canadian market. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, like I said, two different countries, two different yeah. ways of doing things. So it will differ. Okay. So like, uh, well, uh, taking those examinations, so will there be any discounts? Like, I know I, I got a few messages where mm -hmm. people were asking, like, is there any time uh, during which uh, we can get discounts on those certifications? Uh, from what I know, uh, for the CHRP course, um, students do have some sort of, uh, I would say, discount because Back in 2016, when I was a student, I did register for that. So the rate that I registered at mm -hmm. and what a normal individual would do, there was some difference. That's what we okay. were told because um, they were here in our college like uh -huh. to conduct mm -hmm. that uh, introduction session. Mm -hmm. So it again depends on if they have a tie up with that college or what and things might have changed in the mm -hmm. last eight years or seven years. So. Mm -hmm. It's always good to like talk to them and check with them. Most of the times I would say it is standard, but yeah, when it comes to students, then it can probably be a little different there. It, uh, that's uh, good to know. I think mm -hmm. like it will be helpful to a lot of people who are uh, trying to go into HR profession. So coming to the next one, uh, what do you think about uh, future uh, work will be like, will that be a hybrid or a work from home or uh, back to the office so will there be any effect on uh, employees on this i think it's going to be um, more of a hybrid because um, nobody was probably prepared for the pandemic right so 
it has brought in a new perspective with a lot of employers. It was probably um, that belief that work happens a lot at the office and not at home. But then due to COVID, a lot of people work from home. In fact, mm -hmm. almost all of us yeah. and worked probably efficiently as what we would do in the office. That's mm -hmm. why it has been continuing even now when COVID has sort of vanished. So I personally feel it might still continue with the hybrid mode. Uh, certain roles where uh, the employer feels they could probably cut down on cost mm -hmm. and those could probably be still remote like customer service roles where you have to take calls and answer queries and mm -hmm. things like that. Certain roles that require you to be there, those cannot be changed. Like it all again depends on what sort of role you are into. If okay. you have somebody like somebody working in a manufacturing, cannot work from home or even in a hybrid yeah. model because they have to run machines and make products. Yeah. So it all again depends on what sort of a role you are into. But yeah, my instinct says probably it will still be hybrid. Okay. So do you think will there be any effect on productivity? Like let's say a person who is working from home. So compared with the person who is going to office. So will there be any difference in productivity? Like what do you think about it? I don't think so because um, everybody loves their job and um, uh, it doesn't like make too much of a difference. Mm -hmm. And like I said, last few years have been uh, a witness to it that things can still happen from home. It can mm -hmm. be at, as productive as what people can be at the work site. So I don't mm -hmm. think so it will make too much of a difference. Nice, good to know that. Yeah. So coming to the next question, so do you think there will be any effect on immigrants uh, uh, in this uh, job employees? Because a lot of uh, companies are laying off the people, right? So like, yeah. what do you think about it? I think I've had this discussion with a few of the folks who have just come into Canada and um, I wouldn't say they did a mistake by coming here because mm -hmm. it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I would say probably the timing is not great. Okay. We all know we are sort of in recession, not exactly into it, but then it's a harsh reality, right? Layoffs are happening due to various other factors. Um, when I talk to like people who ask me about like, why are we not getting jobs mm -hmm. or why is it so difficult? Mm -hmm. It's not only about the employer and the applicant. There are a lot of things that come into play. Mm -hmm. The ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine has obviously disturbed the supply chain. The COVID after COVID, there are a lot of things again have not been going well in the mm -hmm. supply chain area. There are certain products which are not available. There's a waiting period on the automobile industry because certain parts are dependent through like yeah. from a different country. And then all those things boil down to what is happening in that particular country as well. The interest rates are going high, companies are laying off. So employers obviously are cautious and it also depends on what time of the year it is. And usually people know around this time of the year, which is December, things start to get very slow, especially in the North American region. Mm -hmm. Right. So the reason for that is like a lot of people want to take off during the Christmas because it's mm -hmm. a big festival, mm -hmm. right? So it will slow down a lot of things around this time 
and probably pick up pace by second or third week of January. Okay. So it's not only like one reason why it would have been happening. There are like multiple reasons that would have been happening. Right. If yeah. you talk about the pharmaceutical companies, they made good money during COVID because it was their time and people were hired like crazily at that time. And when things started to get back to normal, then they didn't have too much of a business and they had to let go a lot of people. Right. So that's why it could be that. Right. So there are like a lot of things. So, yeah, students coming in at this time, it is difficult because earlier their part-time jobs, what students used to get into were more of a survival or a student-related jobs. But now with so much of disruption in the employment market, mm -hmm. even regular people are taking up those jobs. So, obviously, that yes. will reduce um, the number of jobs for students right so that focus has now shifted on the regular workforce as well mm -hmm. because people want to just want to work yeah. make ends meet so that's why it's become very very competitive right so yeah true i agree like even you know for entry-level jobs like uh, a person who's having like maybe two to three years of experience is company for that mm -hmm. i agree with that so i think we have talked a lot about uh you know, <laughs> professional roles. So let me talk about like, what is your hobbies? Like, what do you do in your free time? Um, I love to play PlayStation. That's oh. something that I do when I get time. I like to go out, go on drives and things like that. And then maintain the house when I get time to do so. <laughs> Become okay. a handyman. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like, you're really gamer. So what games do you play? Like, um, I wouldn't like say I'm a gamer, but it's just like a childhood thing that I've okay. probably kept continue to uh, follow even now. Okay. So um, I like mostly the story mode games that um, okay. are pretty lengthy in nature okay. and um, they are like thrilling. So those sort of games that I prefer. I know that. So coming to the next one, uh, like you have started your career as a student mm -hmm. and right now uh, you have bought a big house with, with worth million, <laughs> worth a million, I would say. But uh, like, how did you got into buying this house? And do you have any suggestions that you can give to, a, you know, maybe a student or a professional who want to buy a house here um, in Canada? I would say it's a process and it just doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It requires a lot of planning, a lot of focus, and uh, with the job market, we all know it is mm -hmm. crazy. So the sooner you buy, the better. Um, I would say uh, even if it is small, you should just get into it because um, you'll make uh, money out of any house. Mm -hmm. You will never be in a loss when you purchase a property. No, not only in Canada, anywhere right so the sooner you get into it the better it is because uh, it is obviously going to get more and more expensive there are mm -hmm. so many people coming in and obviously everybody wants to have a permanent roof on their head mm -hmm. so their focus is that so if you know you can manage your expenses then like i said plan it out well and have 
everything planned out on a piece of paper so that you know the numbers are adding up. It shouldn't be a case where you have committed to it and you're not able to fulfill mm-hmm. and you're not able to pay, then it's not that. Even like that's why I said, even if it is small, it's okay. Get into it, utilize okay. the um, government program of first time home buyer where you okay. just have to pay the 5% mm-hmm. and you can still purchase a house. Right. Okay. So that is very, very important. And if you have saved, uh, say, money in your RRSPs over a period of time, mm-hmm. then you can withdraw that. Uh, which is again um, at no interest to you when you get about I think 12 months to repay that back so utilize that part of it Mm -hmm. and uh, use for your down payment because it helps I didn't know about it probably Mm -hmm. I would have used it but then now I know it's one resource that you can look at Mm -hmm. and you can only withdraw that when you are like buying or renovating your house so why not just do it when you have to buy the house Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think those yeah, are. I think uh, that's really good, Sashwan. I think our friends be you know helpful for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said about first time home buyer. So yeah. should we need to be a peer for that? Like even a student can buy a house. Yeah. No. Uh, I think it was the case until uh, some time ago when students or even people who were on work permit could buy a house in Ontario. Mm-hmm. But um, I think not last year, but. Uh, in 2021 is when it changed that you need to be a permanent resident mm-hmm. to buy a house. So yeah, things have changed now. Okay. So yeah. let's say uh, I'm a permanent uh, resident mm-hmm. and uh, like I have two friends who are students. Yeah. So we can, you know, combine buy a house, right? So will that be a possible or like will there be an effect? Um, I think they cannot get on to the application or okay, be the, the owners okay. because of their status in Canada. Mm-hmm. You can be there, but then um, uh, when you try to buy, but there are people who are not eligible, mm-hmm. your application goes in as a single applicant and based on okay. your income is what the bank will decide whether you oh, can okay, buy or okay, no. Okay, okay. Right. So again, I'm not an expert in this. So disclaimer, <laughs> things can be different, but yeah. that's what but yeah. my uh, knowledge says. Uh, okay. Good to know that. Yeah. So like uh, one question. So uh, like how do you keep yourself updated in this uh, HR field? Like what are the things that you do? Um, I would say reading. Okay. So definitely read because I learned this uh, from my bosses back in India, even then that you got to read the um, uh, economic column to understand more about how how the market is behaving, how things are happening. So keep yourself updated because like I told you during the intake meetings, you need to educate the hiring managers. These are certain things that you can talk about. Mm -hmm. When you know how the market is going to behave or is behaving already, then those pointers can be used during your intake sessions as well. So read about those, follow the news um, apps or channels to again understand a lot of things, especially from an employment standpoint. People might think that something happening at a global level, how does it impact the employment market? Well, it does, right? It does. A company's share, if it is going up, 
then that means they're doing good and the company usually doesn't think about laying off people but on the contrary if it is going down and down and down and they know that they're not doing well then mm -hmm. obviously they have to lay off people right so now you think about the share market like if you're following that company's mm -hmm. share and then what's happening with the company then you'll be able to relate okay right so that's another one um, mm -hmm. dipstick that you can think of so like that there are a lot of things that factor to the employment market so it is important or crucial to keep yourself updated with mm -hmm. those sort of news and yeah use them wisely great uh, good to know that uh, i think a lot of information in this session so we are in the end of our uh, podcast so do you have any suggestion for students who are searching for jobs like what suggestions do you want to give to our uh, friends who are watching our podcast um i would say keep trying i know it is difficult right now there are a lot of people looking for jobs so it's not going to be easy but keep trying have a great resume out there uh -huh. there are um, like a lot of community centers that could help you with um, uh -huh. getting your resume prepared there are a lot of free sites um, that could help you put your resume in place as basic as indeed uh -huh. indeed has a feature where it could give you a basic resume formatted properly uh -huh. at no cost so search about those things and uh, get your resume in place make obviously personal attempts to reach out to people on linkedin have a great linkedin profile make that attempt to have a smile on your face drop your resume follow up which is very very important because just dropping it will not work out just mm -hmm. follow up and have that regular contact and uh, like i said connecting on uh, linkedin with people and making those great connections can always help somebody can refer you somewhere so yeah i think these are certain things that you can look at um, i know like i said it is difficult but it will work out thank you very much this for no your uh, sessions and uh, thanks everyone for watching our podcast if you have not subscribed to please do subscribe to my channel for more such videos thanks everyone Thank you.